Well, away we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from around the world, welcome back to another episode of 99 Pod. It's not 1999 anymore podcast. And you know what we do here on this show because we do it all the time. All right. So want y'all like and subscribe to the channel to make yourselves feel comfortable as we prepare to gear up for the show. We got a loaded show today on today's show in the last couple of weeks. Everything spoke for us, you know, to talk about. You know, we have a lot of headlining topics and we have a lot of debatable topics as well. We have our quarterback rankings that we are going to finish up today. Okay, we took a break last week and now we are here to release our top five quarterbacks of the upcoming season. So make sure you sit tight for that. And once again, may I reiterate, please like and subscribe to the channel to get the notifications that we have coming your way because it's going down today. Let's begin. And it's a rainy day in New York City right now, so I hope everybody is indoors or, you know, in a car or something like that. Um, You know, the weather is, is pouring. You know, the old man is snoring. But guess what? This show is not going to be boring. I got my guy, Zach, on the mic today with me, my co-host. And um, Zach, what's going on, my guy? How you feeling? What's the word? Well, doing my well, my guy. Happy to be here as always. I like that rhyme you dropped us right on us to start the show. Pretty impressive stuff right there. But um, yeah, dude, it's always a great time. Uh, I brought this up a little bit over the course of the last few weeks, but it's really starting to get towards that time of year where football is really in the air. Of course, a few teams started training camp last week a little bit early. Uh, the Jets, one of them, they'll be in the Hall of Fame game against Cleveland coming up in a few weeks. Really looking forward to that. But a lot of the other teams started to report today, earlier this morning, yesterday as well. Uh, the news started uh, coming in. We always hate to see the injury updates. That's obviously one of the biggest parts of training camp, one of the keys from now until the start of the season is just getting your team as healthy as possible right towards week one. But there's no better time of year. I'm really looking forward to being here today, finishing up the QB rankings. We have a whole loaded show on store. Let's get it. Yeah, I mean, we have topics that didn't even make the show. Obviously, I got up early this morning about 6 o'clock to watch a big boxing fight that took place in Japan. So, ladies and gentlemen, any boxing fans watching the show, make sure you keep locking to the channel. I may be doing, I will be doing a reaction video to that fight, Stephen Fulton, and in a way tonight. So, make sure you tune in. About 20 minutes long, nothing too lengthy. But, um, yes, we are here on this show right now for a reason. Zach laid it out to y'all okay what's going down the agenda and we might as well begin with the first topic all right Saquon Barkley agreed to a one-year 11 million dollar deal with the Giants to stay in New York at least for next season or this season rather 
So, Zach, are we surprised that Saquon ultimately agreed to stay in New York? This is a really interesting question because I, I feel a little bit of both. On one hand, I'm not surprised. I never expected Saquon Barkley to sit out the Giants week one game against the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that is anything anything that he's done in the past wouldn't have given us a suggestion that he'd be willing to do that. He is someone that really cares a lot about his image. He never gets in trouble off the field. He's always a guy that is team first, and he deserves a lot of credit for that. But he was in a tough position, right? These running backs, we know they were in a really tough spot in the sense that they get all these carries each and every year. They can still really help and impact the team winning games. But long-term, if you pay a guy uh, for over the course of a four or five-year deal, we have plenty of evidence that that will not work. So I understand why Saquon was upset. And him taking this deal, it, it's not that much different from the franchise tag, right? He has the opportunity to earn a little bit more in incentives, but this is a one-year uh, one deal. Like, And the Giants still have the option to franchise tag him next year. Now, that would be pretty messed up. You know, I'm always a guy that understands, like, where a team is coming from in terms of the tough business decisions they have to make. But this move shows me that Saquon Barkley is team first and that he is all set on winning this year with the New York Giants. And I have to respect him for that. We know just how important this guy is to the team. He's by far and away the most talented player maybe even their most impactful player. Uh, he had a very difficult choice to make here, but we all know that the Giants are going to be better week one against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football uh, with Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So I was a little bit surprised in the sense that you saw him go on that podcast. You saw him threatened about the idea of possibly not playing. Um, but at the end of the day, we know that Saquon Barkley, he cares about being on the football field at all times and helping his team win. I never really expected him to miss Anytime, uh, I can't necessarily say the same about uh, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders. But at the end of the day, you know, I give Saquon a lot of credit. He made a decision that may not necessarily be the best for him long term, but he wants to win and he wants to help his team. So you got to respect him for that. Yeah, I am a little bit kind of what happened to the Zoom meeting, you know, that was supposed to be yeah. a, a whole thing. And I'm, I'm going to mention that in a few minutes. Yeah, I am. Surprise that Saquon Barkley ultimately signed the one-year deal, just north of the franchise tag and what that would have offered him, you know, and um not hold out, right? Because um I was expecting some type of holdout, whether it was you know a short holdout throughout the summer. Um, I wasn't expecting the Le'Veon Bell route, but that was obviously an option. He threatened to kind of do that on the podcast that he went on. Um, but to me, like when you talk about the Giants, right, they gave him a $13 million per year offer multi-year initially. So the fact that he turned that down and signed the one-year extension, um, $11 million, um, I thought that doesn't make any sense to me because it's like, all right, you had a multi-year deal that basically was a, a long-term security in a sense because it locked you up for a couple of years, but then you signed for a one-year $11 million deal. I, I just think you lose clearly. And it's like, all right, why did we get here? Why did it take all that to get here to this point where you just accept that? And then we talk about the Zoom call that these running backs have, and this happens a day or two later. It just tells me that, number one, the Zoom call was horrible. It went totally bad. 
that these running backs who was on the call did not come up with anything substantial to um try to fight their own battles. And number two, that the poster child, excuse me, of that Zoom meeting, which was supposed to be Saquon because he's clearly the best running back that was eligible for a long-term contract just bailed out. And, you know, I understand that Saquon is a good teammate. And clearly what this shows is that he is a good teammate. He wants to go out there. He doesn't want to pull off a Le'Veon Bell and ghost his team with the expense of his team losing without him. Unlike Le'Veon Bell, the Giants situation, he could have ended the Giants season by pulling off a Le'Veon Bell. So he could have got that petty and that low to end this season, you know, by holding out like Le'Veon Bell. He chose not to. The only issue that I have with that is that, yes, I understand the perks of being a good teammate. You go to war with these guys. You have the offensive tackles and the offensive linemen in general that block for you and lift you up when you get hit and, and you get tackled and all that. And you go to war with these guys. But your running back fraternity was depending on you to kind of help the movement and jumpstart the movement, whether or not that movement had any logical ending of a good story, they was dependent on you. And now by you accepting this one-year deal, which a lot of these running backs are starting to do just to stay in town, it's going to have these future running backs who's going to come up with the same issue for into the abyss, which he generally just fell into. And I said it before in the last show, I'm just going to reiterate this quickly. The running back issues, literally how you fix it is two ways, right? It's shortening the rookie contract and removal of the franchise tag in the CBA in 2030. But obviously those two things are not going to happen. Why? Because the owners are not going to fight your battles for you. They're not going to fight your battles for you. All right. They're not going to shorten rookie contracts for you to get paid when quarterbacks are making half of the DAG on salary cap, and these teams want to evaluate these quarterbacks further. If anything, they're going to increase the rookie contracts because that's when they're going to realize they're going to evaluate these quarterbacks and they're going to pay these quarterbacks all that money. That's what that gap is for. It's for the quarterback to evaluate the quarterback and if he's the future of my team before I dish out the, the, the money, the $260 million guaranteed or you know contracts that Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson got. So they're not going to do that. They're not going to remove the leverage that they have over these players by removal of the tag. You got to negotiate that. You got to hold out. You got to do your due diligence and, and do your part. And the only thing that I can say that they can do specifically, right, because the NFL is not going to meet them halfway for that happy medium. They're not. They're going to have to strike. They have to, they're going to have to go on a strike, right? You see, in Hollywood, they have this writer's strike, right, where guys are not showing up to work and you know television sitcoms are being affected movies are being affected i understand that's a totally different profession than the nfl but i'm using it to make a point when any job when you don't like your pay your health benefits what do you do you go on strike okay these running backs are going to have to all come together and go on strike it may not help them individually in the short term but long term, it may help them or it may help the future running backs. They have to act like a fraternity because I don't see no quarterbacks coming out and talking against what's going on like that. Maybe one or two, but they're not vocal. They got their money. All right. And they accepted their money. They took half of the salary cap knowing that you was going to get tagged. I'm talking about all these running backs here. 
So clearly they're worried about their pockets. Do you see a quarterback like Lamar or any of these guys saying, all right, I'm going to take less so my running back can get paid? They're not doing that. So you need to look in the best interest of the fraternity of being a running back and look out for the running backs that are going to have to come and deal with this. And Saquon Barkley let that whole fraternity down by accepting this deal. But credit to the Giants. They did what they had to do. They operated from an organizational perspective, right? They worked out the Daniel Jones thing. I thought they did a fair, decent job on the Daniel Jones contract. And clearly they won this battle. And that's why we are going to continue to have situations like this going forward. Yeah, Tom Brady ain't walking through that door anymore when it comes to quarterbacks uh, taking a little bit less in order to help their team around them. But I do think, like, you know, going on strike, like, that's not going to happen, especially after Saquon Barkley agreed to this deal. And I think Nick Chubb said it best. Like, there's really just nothing we could do. Like, we're just in an awful situation. I'm not really surprised to see that Zoom meeting didn't really go anywhere because we know it. Actions speak louder than words. Austin Eckler, the other ringleader, could talk about this and this whole plan he's putting together. But until you actually do something to change it, none of it's going to happen. And the one thing, I mentioned this last week too, the one thing that running backs could do if they really want to get paid is Nick Chubb could lead the Browns to a Super Bowl. You know, Austin Eckler could lead the Chargers to a Super Bowl. Until these owners and GMC that are running back and, and you just riding him could result in a championship until they see that and not guys like Isaiah Pacheco or Sony Michelle, uh, you know, th- those low key under the radar backs until something like that changes. I-, I think the running backs are in a really tough spot, but when it comes to the giants, I agree. Like they, I thought they handled this really well. If Dave Gettleman was still running this team because Saquon Barkley's the biggest name and arguably the best player in the giants, he would have just locked him up long-term automatically four or five year deal. We know that wouldn't have aged well. So I think that's the one thing that could really change this. If these running backs really want to get paid, let's see a guy like Nick Chubb, who we both agree is one of the better backs in the league or an Austin Eckler. You got to lead your team at least get close to a championship because every other example we've seen of teams running these top, uh, riding these top running backs, it usually doesn't result in one of those. Yeah. And I think um, if I could leave us with anything, you know, because clearly we had a very lengthy conversation on this matter last week on the show that we did. But um, as far as the Giants, you know, they played their cards the way how they were supposed to. Like I said, um, they utilized every single leverage that they did had. I mean, it's not like they did anything spectacular. I think the market represents itself, right? The market dictates everything, right? It dictates, you know, how quarterbacks get paid, how running backs get paid, for example, Right, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, they couldn't come to grips with a contract that went on throughout the offseason for the most part. And then as soon as Jalen Hurts gets his contract, Lamar Jackson was like, all right, I just want more than him. <laughs> Easy. Right. The market dictated itself. The market negotiated for Lamar. So the market is going to continue to negotiate for these running backs. So it's not like they did anything Einstein like, but they still handled it and they still got their guys, Saquon Barkley, that is and Daniel Jones back on this team when, you know, when they won that playoff game and it looked like stocks was going up, like Daniel Jones was cashing out and um, Saquon Barkley was going to cash out, right? But they still was able to, I feel, get a decent deal with Daniel Jones and obviously a very cheap deal for the production that Saquon is going to give you with Saquon. So it's all about them, once again, going out on the football field and, you know, competing and doing what they do, which is playing football. Mm -hmm. One last point on Saquon I'll make. I understand that 
in this situation, he didn't necessarily get the results he wanted, but I don't think he's a guy that's gotten screwed throughout his career. Like this guy was the number two overall pick in the draft that has had two really good years and three up and down years. And when you're the number two overall pick, like you're making a ton of money already. Like I, I understand being a, an Austin Eckler who was undrafted and worked himself all the way up to get to this point, And he hasn't necessarily gotten the contract he's looking for, but really since the Saquon saga has started, I haven't necessarily viewed him as a guy that is just getting totally screwed based on the amount of money he made up front in his career as the number two overall pick. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Giants are lucky in the sense that they didn't have a petty individual on their roster. They didn't have a selfish individual to the team, you know, on their roster. And I think you have to kind of, you know, highlight that. You obviously did. I obviously did. But more people should in those regards, only in those regards. Um, and, you know, the Giants could look forward to the season. And I'll leave us with that. He was already in camp this morning. Right after it was signed, he was there, all set and ready to go. This guy's a football junkie, and I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field this season. Please like and subscribe for all the up-to-date content. We've been slinging shows left and right, slinging content left and right. Please don't miss anything. If you do, like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a question, something you may want to answer, something you may have. All ideas are great ideas. Nothing's a dumb question.